Welcome to the Optimal Bio Podcast. At Optimal Bio, we don't just balance your hormones, we balance your whole body. Our conversations range from nutrition to medicine with an emphasis on wellness tips to support your health journey. If you like what you hear, find us on the web at optimalbio.com and follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for joining us on the Optimal Bio podcast today. I'm Tyler Brannon, the CEO of Optimal Bio, and I'm joined with Christian Davis and Candy Brown. They are both NPs at Optimal Bio. Christian is in our Charlottesville location and Candy is in our Wilmington location. Thank you both for being on today. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, thank you for having us. And we are talking about women's health, which we are super excited to talk about. Um, they see it every day in practice and throughout their careers. But really, we're going to dive into um, hormones with women, overall women's health, and the role nutrition and wellness play. And so, you know what? Let's start with what is the definition of a hormone before we dive into the importance of them, right? We need to know what are we talking about? And the simple term of the definition of a hormone, it's the body's messenger. So it is what's telling, you know, each organism what to do, what to create. So I would say we, those are pretty important things to do for our body, right? Yeah. hundred percent. Extremely. <laughs> yes. Right. Just a little bit <laughs> telling your bodies what to do, how to function, <laughs> how to live. So um, to start, Let's go over just, you know, baseline, the importance of hormones. What do hormones do? Why do we need them to live? And then we'll break it down going into testosterone, estrogen, and progesterone. Yeah, so I can start. Um, So we have a lot of different hormones in our body. And like you said, they're all messengers, right? So they all have their jobs. Uh, A lot of them have a lot more than just one job. So it's not just, oh, I message for this one thing and that's it. They have hundreds, if not thousands of jobs in our body. Um, Everything that takes place in our body from neurotransmitters in our brain to our heart, our lungs, our kidneys, everything requires hormones. Um, so yeah, they're everywhere. <laughs> they are everywhere. Yeah. And so let's start with testosterone. Yeah. So how many roles does testosterone have? You know, why is testosterone important? Do women have testosterone? Oh, yes. We definitely have testosterone. Um, There's about 500 functions that testosterone has in our body. Um, It's a very important hormone. And, you know, most people chalk it up to a man's hormone, but no, no, it is definitely part of us girls too. And we need it. It's so important. It is like the gasoline to a car. So it's the gas to our body. Um, Actually, women produce about three times um, as much, three times the amount of testosterone um, than estrogen before they enter menopause. So we actually produce quite a bit. Um, And it's produced in our ovaries. So where estrogen comes from, testosterone comes from as well. So I would say with 500 functions and women producing three times as much as estrogen, we need it, right? And so what are some symptoms of low testosterone that we'd be experiencing? So for low testosterone, a lot of them are the same in both men and women, um, just from decreased energy, brain fog, uh, depression, anxiety, low libido, um, dry skin, dry eyes, um, just 
And things that we can't see, right? So a lot of these are things that we don't even know are happening. So decrease bone mass, decrease muscle mass, um, increase, increased risk of heart disease, diabetes, um, the whole metabolic syndrome. Um, so lots of things in our body, increased fat tissue, um, all of those. And when we say low testosterone, what does that mean? Yeah, so that goes back to the lab ranges. You know, um, 40, 50 years ago, our lab ranges were much different than they are today. So, for example, for a female, when our grandparents or great-grandparents were, you know, um, out working out in the fields or, you know, exercising, enjoying life, their range or her range was 90 to around 300. And today they'll say a female is normal between four to 51. That's a huge difference. And so every so many years, our labs are being adjusted based on our population. Well, if our population is getting sicker and we're masking all of these chronic conditions with, you know, an antidepressant, for example, then we're at this point comparing a sick person to a sick person and not keeping those healthy ranges that we had 40 or 50 years ago when our food was healthier, our environment was healthier. So that's a low testosterone well, today it would be normal, actually, if they say you're four or five, they're going to say you're fine. However, you're not fine. 90 to 300 is the optimal range for a female. So if you're below that range, then you're low and you're going to feel it too. Yeah. And unfortunately, as a country, instead of saying, hey, why is everyone testosterone getting lower? We're saying, well, it doesn't matter. We're just going to move the goalpost so that way everyone fits in. And then even though you feel horrible and you have all these things going on, it's okay. That's normal. It's just part of aging. Exactly. Yeah. And they're just going to say, it's normal here. Take this to feel better when it's like giving a Band-Aid to a wound that actually needs surgery. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Meanwhile, the levels are going lower. The population's getting sicker. Chronic diseases are increasing. Cancer's increasing. But yeah, everything's fine. That's normal. Exactly. Makes sense, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Candy, you brought up um, antidepressants. Does testosterone play a role in, you know, mental health, um, specifically with anxiety um, and depression? Yes. Oh my gosh. Testosterone is so good for anxiety and depression. And for someone who suffers from anxiety and gets testosterone, it makes a world of difference. Um, So what happens is our brain doesn't necessarily have pain receptors. And so when our brain has been inflamed or under trauma for a long period of time, it's going to come off as anxiety, depression, brain fog, um, Mm -hmm. lack of focus. Testosterone is one of the um, hormones in our body that's actually responsible for repairing the damage and inflammation that has um, occurred over a long period of time. Well, if you don't have that testosterone anymore, there's nothing there to repair it. And so now you're going to experience the anxiety, the depression, the brain fog. Right. And then because, you know, we say, we always throw around testosterone has 500 functions, but really diving into that because then it shows it really touches your brain, so many parts of your body. And it might be uh, dependent on the person's symptoms. Where are they lacking? Where's that testosterone needed um, in their body? And I think it's huge just to understand the role of testosterone, how it plays in your physical health, your mental health to be like, okay, like this is why this is happening. It kind of gives yourself grace to figure out the root cause. How can, um, you know, you be able to have tools in your toolbox to fix it? 
Absolutely. Yeah. And most of these chronic diseases are all due to inflammation, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that's cardiovascular disease, any, everything, it's inflammation. And testosterone naturally helps decrease inflammation in our body. A lot of it we can't see, but we feel such as like decreased depression, decreased anxiety, or even those aches and pains that they tell you like, oh, it's fine. You're getting older. Well, it's not fine. Um, there's a notice there, there's pain because something's happening. So then testosterone comes in, helps decrease that inflammation. Those aches and pains tend to get better and go away. Right. And just because it's common that when you get older, you get aches and pains or headaches or start gaining weight. Um, that just does, it doesn't mean that is what should be happening. Right. And there's so many studies around the world, um, currently and, you know, before, um, countries that have a lot less processed food, their hormones are still at a higher rate and they have less, you know, inflammation, chronic diseases, um, these aches and pains that we see as, oh, they're normal with aging. No, no, no. It's normal with the sick population. Exactly. And going, you know, we went over kind of like those symptoms that we see day to day from fatigue, brain fog, anxiety, depression, aches and pains with low testosterone. Um, But what about like preventative care? So how can, um, with your testosterone being in optimal ranges, um, help uh, prevent sicknesses as you age? Yeah, so it helps decrease a lot of the inflammation that we will experience from our foods and our environment and our stress. It's going to help decrease all that and prevent a lot of the chronic diseases we can, you know, come across when we're under a constant state of stress and inflammation. Um, It also helps, you know, regulate our insulin um, and blood sugars. And that's pretty big chronic disease that's going on right now with the diabetes. And so testosterone is one of the things that's going to help make sure that, you know, our pancreas is regulating this insulin and that we're keeping our blood sugars under control. Of course, many things go along with that diet Mm -hmm. and exercise too, but that's one of the ways it's going to help with prevention. Yeah. Another big part of that is cortisol, right? So the only time our body has time to kind of bring down those cortisol. So cortisol is that stress hormone, which is natural. We need it, you know, our body needs a certain amount of stress and that it expects that, but too much stress and not being able to go into that deep sleep at night, which is when our body can recover and decrease cortisol levels and kind of fuel back up and be ready for the next day. When that's not happening, those cortisol levels stay up, which then you become more insulin resistant, you you have mood changes and it's this big old circle, you feel awful, then you go about the day, you don't have the energy to work out or do any of the things that can help you feel better. And then you have a hard time sleeping and it just gets this never ending circle of chronic stress and causes all the other issues. So testosterone helps you get into the nice deep sleep that we all crave. We all crave and we need, right? Is there one time that our body can fully repair, especially our brain? Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of our brain health, um, what role does testosterone play, you know, in brain health, heart health, um, our bones? Yeah, testosterone is super important for all three of those. And we need all three to live and breathe and function. Um, So testosterone is going to help repair and rebuild our bone. So, you know, as we're getting older, um, we'll start losing those hormones. And because we're losing those hormones, then our bones are going to become weak and brittle. We don't have the hormones necessary to protect them, repair and rebuild them. Um, And it's also just going to help our heart not work as hard. It's going to decrease that workload. It's going to make those arteries 
boundaries nice and elastic and not too stiff. And then with our brain, it's going to make sure there's nerves and neurons are getting repaired from the damage we've experienced over a long period of time. So keeping everything firing like it should. So we don't have the brain fog and preventing, helping to prevent dementia and Alzheimer's as we get older. Right. Because don't they, um, they think, because you know, there's a lot more women um, get dementia and Alzheimer's than men. Um, that is because we have such a drastic drop in hormones when we're increase. you know, we're getting closer to that menopause age. Yeah, as, as actually the studies have um, shown that as you go through menopause, there's a higher incidence of stroke, cardiovascular disease, um, and even breast cancer at an older age compared to a younger female in her 20s or 30s. And if you look at the correlation, when we're in our 20s and 30s, we have all these hormones. We mm-hmm. are just living life. But when we get older, we lose all those hormones. So we no longer have the hormones there to protect us. And that's why you see the higher risk and incidence of the stroke, cardiovascular disease, cancer, and even dementia and Alzheimer's. Yeah, there's um, a, a doctor, Lisa Moscone, that's doing a lot of work on this, a lot of research on this. They're doing funk. Um, scans of the brain before you hit menopause, during perimenopause, and then during menopause, and seeing the changes that the hormones have, right? And then there's tons of things that show us that, hey, maybe having normal hormones is good, kind of like with multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. A lot of patients, when they become pregnant, which is when all your hormones are at the highest, you see the decreased uh, flare-up of multiple sclerosis. And then afterwards, once all your hormones crash again, then those things come back. But we see the protective effects of all the hormones um, when they're pregnant. And so it tells us like, hmm, even to someone that doesn't know any different, like- Right, like hmm. some hormones must be pretty important. Something. I think so many times hormones, no one really knows or understands them. So it's like, you kind of talk about them during puberty. When you're in menopause, Sometimes when you're pregnant, but still not knowing the importance of it. You know, I, as you know, you two being the providers in your offices, you know, every day you're speaking to women who have gone through so many phases of being, you know, having kids and they still don't even know the importance of hormones or, you know, what um, the hormones are doing. And I think that's why we always say education is so important because it makes more sense. Like, oh, my progesterone is dropping this week. This is why I might get a migraine. This is why I might have more anxiety. Um, Just to like understand like this is what my body's going through. So it gives you a peace of mind. And as you're going through, you know, different days and different weeks. I mean, I know we can talk about testosterone for the next, you know, three hours. So um, moving into estrogen, um, you know, People always women. Uh, people always think estrogen women, right? But we just talked about the importance of testosterone. But as we know, testosterone, estrogen, and progesterone all play a part together, and they all work together. So, really, let's dive into the importance of testosterone, and you know what um, are the benefits of it, and what are the symptoms of low estrogen that we see, you know, day to day. Yeah, estrogen. I feel like estrogen gets a bad rap. Mm -hmm. Everybody talks about how bad estrogen is. It's not the hormone itself. Estrogen is good. It is the whole system that should get the bad rap. 
Because if you have a breakdown in the system, just like in your car, then of course something's going to go wrong. You can't just blame one thing for it. Um, and estrogen is a group of hormones. You don't just have one estrogen. You have many different estrogens. Um, and it's made in our ovaries. Um, and But as we get older and we go into menopause, in our ovaries, you know, we run out of eggs. And so we stop producing the estrogen. Then we start having, you know, that weaker estrogen. Um, and so there are different types and we can go into the different types, you know, that we have. You have the E1, which is your estrone. Um, you have the E2, which is your estradiol. And then you have um, the E3, which is the one that's more, you know, I guess relevant um, with pregnancy. But um, the two ones we want to focus on is the estrone and estradiol for females mostly. Um, so I don't know if Kristen wants to elaborate on those if you want me to. Yeah, I can go ahead. So estradiol or E2, that's the one that's dominant when we're before we go through menopause, right? So the nice thing about that one is that it helps decrease. Same thing. A lot of the same... It, things that testosterone does, estrogen does. And it's all about balance, right? It's like anything else in our life. Like we can't say, you know, mangoes are bad. Well, they're not inherently bad, but if you're eating 30 mangoes a day, okay, yeah, it's going to be bad, too much sugar. It's all about moderation. And that's how our hormones are. Now, one of them is inherently bad. It's about how, what's the level? Who's the predominant one? And that's when we run issues um, because of those imbalances. But um, what normally happens is, like I said, E2 should be the dominant one before we hit menopause. Once we're in menopause, E1 takes over and e, we don't make as much E2, which unfortunately E1 does ha- put you at higher risk for heart disease, blood clots, cancer, all of those things. And that's why when we're young and all our hormones are balanced, we are less likely to have heart disease, diabetes, cancer, all of those things. It's that imbalance of hormones as we age that kind of becomes an issue. And, you know, we talked about estrogen getting a bad rap, right? So, uh, and I think it's because everyone hears about estrogen's bad, estrogen in our water, estrogen in our food. But what is it? It's xenoestrogens um, that are in our food, in our water, that are causing our hormones to drop at a lot quicker rate um, than previous uh, generations. So let's kind of dive into what are xenoestrogens and what are they doing to you know our or our hormones, uh, specifically testosterone and estrogen. Um, xenoestrogens are estrogen-like molecules. And we get those from all kinds of stuff, anything from plastic, so like plastic water bottles, plastic containers, PVC piping, um, Roundup, even some of the meat, right? Cows and chickens, they're given estrogens to make them fatter, make them produce more, all of these things. And all these uh, xenoestrogens or estrogen-like substances end up telling our brain, hey, estrogen's really high. And our brain is like, oh my goodness, how can I fix this? Because our body's always trying to find that balance, right? Mm -hmm. So then our our brain, the only thing it can do is say, hey, you need to quit making so much testosterone because guess what? Testosterone makes estradiol. So then we're seeing decreased testosterone and decreased estradiol. And then all these xenoestrogens are taking over and causing chaos in our system. And... That is how estrogen gets a bad rap. I remember a few months ago, we were, um, you know, training some of our new staff members and 
They're like, yeah, we don't like estrogen, right? And I was like, no, 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 we love estrogen. Testosterone, estrogen, progesterone all need to work together. It's xenoestrogens um, that we do not like. Um, so what are some um, symptoms that we see of low estrogen? Yeah, um, so when we're low on estrogen, um, some females will notice they're having maybe some hot flashes, mostly at nighttime, um, trouble sleeping, vaginal dryness, um, pa- uh, painful intercourse, Decreased libido can actually occur as well. Mood swings, um, dry skin. Estrogen is really good for your skin if you didn't know Mm -hmm. that. So all your ladies trying to prevent wrinkles. Exactly. (laughs) You need your hormones. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Low estrogen can also cause hair loss. You know, we all want some nice, beautiful, thick hair. um, And we're complaining we're losing our hair as we get older. Estrogen. Um, It can also cause our bones to be weak and brittle. Um, brain fog, difficulty concentrating, depression, anxiety. Um, Also, you see a higher incidence of, like I said before, dementia and Alzheimer's. Estrogen is very important for protecting our brain and keeping us healthy. And I was at a conference a few, uh, like last year, and it was like a three-hour presentation on estrogen. And I'm like, I need to bathe in estrogen. Like I'm like- (laughs) <laughs> yes, because of the importance, you know, like with your brain and of course we all want good skin and hair, right? But very superficial um, of the benefits of hormones. But also we want that, right? You know, as you're aging, you want to age gracefully, physically, mentally, um, and you want to feel good um, because that's you, right? And who you are um, really makes a difference, right? So let's round it out with progesterone since we need all three. Um, so go over, you know, What role does progesterone play and symptoms of low uh, progesterone? Yeah, I love progesterone. Progesterone is our cool, calm hormone. Mm -hmm. It is good. Um, I think just like estrogen, progesterone gets a bad rap too. And, you know, um, it's a great hormone and it's produced after we ovulate. So you have to ovulate to produce it. And of course, if you're menopausal, you're most likely not producing that either. So you have to be given that. Um, But progesterone balances our estrogen. I always say it keeps our estrogen in check. Um, so that's kind of where you run into the issue if your estrogen and progesterone are not balanced. So you need progesterone to balance that out. Yeah. And depending on what part of the body you're looking at, it's how estrogen and progesterone can work. In some places, progesterone makes estrogen work more and other places that kind of suppresses it. Other places, it just works hand in hand. Um, so like a big part of this is uterine protection, right? So anytime you, if you still have a uterus and you're getting estrogen, you're going to get progesterone because, uh, when it comes to uterine health, estrogen can make you make more cells, make the lining of your uterus thicker, your endometrium. And we don't want that. We don't want it to be thick and producing lots of cell that's put, that puts you at higher risk for cancer. So that's where progesterone comes in. It helps decrease that and balance that out, keeps your endometrium lining nice and thin, keeps everything balanced. Um, but in other places, you know, it can kind of boosted, other places it decreases it. Progesterone can help block aldosterone receptors, which can be an issue with water retention. So a lot of times we start hearing, oh, I'm just retaining a lot of fluid. Well, it's part of your hormones as well. It's, you know, we need both of them. Um, Also, estrogen helps prevent bone breakdown and progesterone stimulates um, osteoblasts, which are the cells that help you make bone. And testosterone also helps with that. It helps you make the cells that keep your bones healthy. And bone health is very, very important, especially as we get older, because uh, 
as we get older, the if you fall and make break, have a break in one of your major bones, the mortality rate goes up a lot within a year of that break. So we want to prevent that, right? We want to keep the bones healthy. We want to keep the muscles healthy, which is what keeps us balanced, keeps us from falling and tripping and having fractures. And I was reading a study the other day that between the age of 30 and 40, you can lose 8% of muscle. Um, if you don't work out. And so like you were saying, you know, people think of muscle just to be strong in the gym, but muscle is what keeps you healthy, keeps your immune system, your serotonin, right? Keeps your bones healthy. Um, I was like, if that is not a study to go to the gym and get testosterone, then I'm not sure what else is. Um, So talking about progesterone, you know, we talked about it as a whole, what the importance of it kind of what it does um, during menopause. But can you speak to the importance of progesterone, you know, throughout your cycles, um, how it fluctuates and symptoms of low progesterone, high progesterone, depending on where you're at? Yeah. So like Candy said, you know, our progesterone levels normally go up after we ovulate. It's known, also known as the pregnancy hormone. That's what's going to allow us to maintain a pregnancy. Um, and then, so progesterone goes up, you ovulate... And you, Everything's cool, but there's nothing there, nothing. The egg doesn't get fertilized and progesterone goes back down. Um, and some people, if to, uh, progesterone is kind of low and um, if it goes down too much during that time, that PMS type period, that's when you can experience things like severe PMS or PMDD. And some of that is almost like a withdrawal from progesterone. Yep. So it can cause a lot of issues. So sometimes it's just used during that time to keep those things from happening. So like, you know how some people get like more anxious or depressed during like right before they start their period? Is that because of the drop in the progesterone? Exactly. And like migraines. Mm-hmm. So really you know, getting your progesterone checked or hormone checked right at any um, age is super important, especially when, if you're having these symptoms. Yeah, progesterone affects all of that. Um, It can even cause spotting. If you're still cycling, it can cause you to spot as well. Um, When it's Mm -hmm. low, um, it can cause weight gain. Um, It affects your sleep tremendously. And you mentioned the headaches Mm -hmm. and the anxiety. So yeah, when your progesterone gets too low, then you can definitely have those headaches as well as anxiety and just mood changes. So it's a very important hormone and we all need it. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, this could be another topic, but it's super important for fertility as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had a guest on our podcast a few months ago and um, she started her own company because of progesterone and her fertility issues. And she um, went through IVF you know, the first time she had a baby and then she's like, wait, like this doesn't make sense. And I'm very much simplifying it, but it was because she had low progesterone, starting taking progesterone and she was able to have a child um, naturally, which it just goes back to show the importance of test- of hormones, right? And getting your test um, and seeing where you're at um, and seeing how you're feeling. So testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, super important, right? And we need them all to work together. Um, and so really just, you know, baseline, how do testosterone, estrogen, progesterone work together? And how can we tell kind of day to day if we might not have enough of one or if they're not working um, like they should be? Yeah, I think it goes back to how you feel. Um, 
you know, a lot of our patients were constantly asking them, how do you feel? Because um, symptoms can tell a lot. Um, of course, labs help, but how a person feels, they know their body better than any of us. So if we're having, we're super fatigued, we have brain fog, a lot of anxiety and depression, where um, maybe we're married and we just don't feel like having, you know, intimacy with our significant other, that's not okay. You shouldn't be loving the other person. Um, maybe we're having um, weight gain. You know, we're doing all the right things, but we're still, you know, struggling with the weight. Um, we have really dry skin. We're having some hair loss. We're just not feeling good. We're not able to recover after our workouts. Maybe we're just not motivated to work out anymore. A lot of those symptoms mm-hmm. are hormonal and it's not okay. That's not normal. I feel like a lot of people come in and they're like, I feel like this is just how it is. And I'm like, no, it's not. You should be feeling good. You should have the energy. You should want to work out. You know, you should um, be able to lose that weight. Um, you should want to be with your significant other. You shouldn't be having anxiety, depression. There's so many symptoms. And because they affect our whole body, we're going to feel it everywhere. Joint pain's another big one. Um, a lot of patients, you know, suffer with joint pain and they're doing all the supplements and everything they can do. And they're just like, it's not getting better. Probably need some testosterone. Testosterone is great <laughs> for decreasing that inflammation. Right. And I think by you, you know, going over those symptoms, I feel like, you know, we all correlate to one, two, seven of them, right? And so it really brings to life, you know, when we say testosterone, estrogen, progesterone have over 500 functions, you're like, okay, making it tangible, like, well, this is what I can see day to day. This is how I'm feeling this way. And then really understanding where we get those lab values from and the day, the, normal ranges on labs, it really paints the whole picture right. And I think it also makes people feel more comfortable and understanding like, hey, this is why we're going through this. You know, this is what's happening and that there is a solution um, as well. And then talking about our sex hormones, we can't forget about the thyroid hormones. Um, So, um, you know, I was talking about the other day, I'm like, it's a tiny, tiny little thing, but it keeps you alive. And so people need to understand um, the importance of the thyroid. So, you know, how does the thyroid um, interact with the uh, testosterone, estrogen, and progesterone? Yeah. So, and the thyroid is one of those things that also has hundreds of functions in our body, right? Yeah. So almost every cell in our body is impacted by thyroid hormone. And it works hand in hand with a lot of the symptoms that low testosterone, low estrogen show are also the same things that we see on patients with low thyroid hormone. And the reason that we look at both is because if one is off, the other one's going to be off or it's going to be trying to compensate for the lack of the other one. So if we tell you, okay, well, your hormones are okay, but your thyroid's horrible, but we're not going to mess with it, but well, you're not going to feel good because a lot of these things go hand in hand. Um, So you need both of them to be balanced. Um, And we look at all of that. Um, Of course, we look to make sure that you don't have uh, autoimmune thyroid disorder or autoimmune disorder called Hashimoto's, which is your body just attacking itself. And that at some point it can start attacking the thyroid and then it can cause your thyroid not to work well, um, which then can cause all the same, a lot of the same symptoms like fatigue, weight gain, uh, dry skin, dry hair, 
um, thinning hair, losing hair, uh, mood changes. There's a lot of studies that show, um, especially your free T3, if that's low, it can cause a lot of depression and anxiety. Um, and there was one study uh, that was talking about the effects on patients that had not been responsive to antidepressants um, that had bipolar disorder and they fixed their thyroid and all of a sudden they're responding to treatment and feeling better. So it's super important and it goes hand in hand with the your other hormones. So you have to make sure both of those things are balanced. Yeah, especially, you know, back, you know, the 40s, 30s, even the 50s when women um, would go through postpartum, they were like, these women are crazy, right? And like, they just thought they went crazy. But it's like, but understanding the role that hormones play, thyroid plays, it makes sense. It's like, yeah, they technically may have looked like they were going crazy, but this is why this is what was happening to their mind, right? Um, But we just didn't have that full picture then. And why do women usually have um, thyroid disorders more so than uh, men? So that goes back to your other hormones being balanced, right? So if... We tend to, again, lose our hormones a lot faster and sharper. Mm-hmm. Uh, for men, testosterone does go down with age, but it's a much uh, smaller decline year to year. Mm-hmm. Whereas with women, it's like this crazy sharp arrow down. And that is going to throw off your thyroid. It's going to, you don't have the hormones to help your thyroid work well. Because um, they all, again, they all help each other. Progesterone helps increase the activity of the thyroid hormone. Estrogen and testosterone all help with inflammation. So if you have inflammation in your thyroid from autoimmune disorder or anything else, it's going to be working harder. Um, And so again, they all work hand in hand. And especially like, you know, throughout a woman's life, you know, what about going through pregnancy or being on birth control? Um, What role, you know, does that play in your hormones overall, but then how it affects your thyroid since, you know, once you, we talked about earlier that when you're pregnant, your testosterone, estrogen, progesterone are the highest they're ever going to be naturally, right? But then as soon as you give birth, they essentially go to zero, you know, within hours. So for uh, birth control, birth com- control actually depletes your selenium, zinc, and tyrosine, which are tyrosine is an amino acid, selenium and zinc, are, they're all minerals that you're body needs in order to be able to turn T4 into T3 and make healthy thyroid hormones. So when you're adding this, these fake hormones, right? So the way birth control works, it's basically um, a negative feedback loop. It keeps your body from making your own hormones and it floods your body with these fake hormones. Um, and that's how it keeps you from getting pregnant, right? Because by basically sending your hormones into the same levels that a menopausal woman would. And now you're just using fake hormones, which can cause depression, anxiety, low libido, all of the things we just talked about. And it's also going to deplete you from some nutrients that you need for your thyroid to work well, which then causes your thyroid to not work well, which then increases those symptoms. And it's this nasty little loop of just not feeling well. And then of course you go to your doctor and then they're like, well, you must be depressed. Here's an antidepressant, which will further make you gain weight and further lower your uh, libido and just kind of flatten your affect. And now you're just stuck in this never ending horrible loop. Yes. And no, that 
it's not does not sound good. And I think that's why, you know, really bringing up this conversation of hormones, it's it can affect all of us at any age, right? So, um, you know, with environmental factors causing our hormones to decrease at a lot quicker rate, um, we're starting at a lower rate, you know, than our grandparents were at. Um, and then, you know, things like birth control or antibiotics or different medications, uh, we're not understanding what role they can be playing um, in our hormones level. And I think especially too, kind of mentioned it about um, postpartum. Um, like I'm so thankful I worked at Optimal Bio um, just to like, for so many reasons, but especially understanding the role of hormones um, for our mental state, um, because it's like, everyone talks about postpartum, postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, but no one talks about the why, because I don't think anyone really knows, right? And so, you know, as soon as we give birth, our hormones go to zero. And what did we just talk about, you know, for the past 40 minutes, right? The importance of all of our hormones. And I think just by having that open conversation, we're understanding of like, okay, this is why I feel this way. This is what's happening. Not just like, I mean, I've never had a kid, but it's going to be out of body experience regardless. But I think just having that open conversation so women can, you know, talk about it, seek help and understand what's going on. Yeah. And it's about making educated decisions, right? So I'm mm-hmm. not here to tell you, hey, you can't be on birth control if if that's what you need at that time in your life. Well, that's okay. But you should know that, hey, it's going to deplete this thing. So maybe do things that are going to help your thyroid. Maybe take some supplements. Maybe look at the different types of birth control and opt for maybe something that's non-hormonal or doing different things that might you know, improve those things and just, just being educated because no one ever tells you that, right? So I remember being young and went for birth control. No one ever told me, hey, this is what's going to do to your body, what it can do. I was just told, hey, this is going to fix you. Here you go. Have a good day. Right. You don't want to break out. You don't want to have cramps. Like, mm-hmm. here you go. But it's like, well, let's, yeah. exactly. Like, let's have a conversation and then choose what you want, but just being able to understand it and have that educated decision. Exactly. I hate, I actually regret. That's a big regret being on birth control. I know, but how old were you? You know, when you went to the doctor, you yeah. don't know, right? You go to the doctor for that information. Right. Exactly. You're, most girls are what, te- late teens, early 20s, and they don't know. Right. You grow up going to the doctor, trusting them. But then it's like, as you continue, you're like, wait, I need to do my own research, my own education, and then make that decision. Exactly. All right. So let's switch over to nutrition and exercise. You know what? Let's start with um, nutrition and then just the importance of nutrition overall for your health, for your physical health, your mental health. Um, You know, what kind of does a day that looks like in your life um, and then just overall foundational aspects of nutrition that you share um, with your patients? Yeah. Um, so few, uh, food is fuel for our body, right? Um, and so just being uh, fully aware of what you're choosing to put in your body to fuel it. I think if you think it, think of it that way and you're like, okay, what am I putting my body to nurture it? That way, um, preventing disease, um, making sure my hormones are nice and healthy. Then I'm not going to go down to the fast food joint and give myself hamburgers and French fries. That's not going to nurture my body. Mm-hmm. If I think of it that way, I'm like, oh, gross. That's not good. That's just a bunch of junk going in my body. I'm going to be more 
on the other side of getting something that's more healthy and that's going to nurture myself, you know, the healthy vegetables and fruits and making sure I'm staying away from a lot of the processed foods. So I think of it as fuel. Um, I'm going to give, I want to nurture and fuel my body with the good stuff and not throw in a bunch of the processed um, junk. That's just going to make me feel bad in like 30 minutes anyways. And I think that's such a great way to look at it because Food is either going to hurt you or help you, right? And what creates your cells, your serotonin levels, right? And so looking at food that way, it's like, what will nourish me? What will make me feel better, I think? And then it makes it easier to make the right decisions because you have that understanding because I don't think it's talked about enough. Food is very addictive, right? And it's one of our biggest drugs. Um, And a lot of processed food has chemicals in it that makes you addicted to it, right? So I think having that, we go back to, right? That education and that understanding of, you know, feeding yourself right is loving yourself, right? Respecting yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, again, about that balance, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Same thing goes with food. Same thing goes with everything. I mean, the world runs on a very slight balance, right? Everything has to be balanced for it to work. And we're no different. Um, That's what comes with food. So, you know, trying to choose the healthier options. I like food. I'm a foodie. If I'm traveling somewhere, I'm Googling places and I love finding a good place that uses locally sourced stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And when you do go out, this isn't saying that you can never go out, you can only eat a salad and a piece of chicken and that's it, right? <laughs> it's not that. It's about making wise choices and like looking for the healthier alternatives. So if you're on a pinch, you're on a drive, right? And you're like, oh man, I I have to get something on the road. Well, okay, there's the Chick-fil-A there. What are you going to choose? This is where knowing balance comes in. Okay, maybe I should stick with maybe like their salad with grilled chicken. And now you're getting your protein, you're getting your greens, you're getting some, like someone then they put beans or whatever it is, you know, trying to make healthier choices when you're out there and you don't have another choice, right? Um, But when you can cook, you know, um, making your own food, that's the best way that we know when what we're putting in our body, picking our food, um, doing those, finding a good relationship with food. And I think Mm -hmm. that's a big part that unfortunately as a country, um, we have a pretty pretty sick relationship with food. We see it as either something that's going to fill a void when, you know, we're stress eating or something that's bad. Oh, I'm eating too much, but it's not, it's our fuel. So we need to look at it with love and choose things that make us feel good, right? So why choose something that you know is going to make you feel bad in an hour or two or the next day? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just... Being more mindful of your choices Mm -hmm. and knowing that it's all about balance. You need protein. Um, When you're choosing your carbs, maybe instead of getting regular potatoes, maybe you're going to get some sweet potatoes. Like doing little changes like that make a big difference. Instead Mm -hmm. of getting a soda, maybe just get some water and squeeze some lemon into it, something like that. Like doing little changes make a huge, huge difference. Exactly. It's those daily habits, those daily choices. And then once you start feeling better, right, then that's like a propelling effect to keep 
you know, choosing what makes you feel good. Because that we talked about, yes, there's like focus on, you know, fats, proteins, those complex carbs. And then how do you feel after, right? And, you know, someone may love spinach, my body hate may hate spinach, right? So really listening to yourself. And I think really being mindful, it's such, such an art, especially in this day and age that, you have your computer, your phone, like there's so much going on, but really just sitting in silence and quiet. And what does that look like to you, right? And so that you are able to really be in tune with your body, right? Because you know it, you're, you're, you know it the best, right? And so trying to figure out what works best for you. Yeah, and your body will actually start craving healthy foods. Mm-hmm. At a meta, like at a cellular level, your body craves healthy foods. Yeah. Um, and it's it all it's always mind-boggling um, how much your cravings change as you move through your health journey. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, you're craving the the cake and the French fries and the greasy this or that, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and as time goes, you're like, man. I really just want a nice chicken breast with some veggies. That sounds really good. Yeah. Like, Whoa, okay, cool. It's wild. Yeah. Good yeah. piece of chocolate. Like Nice dark yeah. chocolate. Oh. Just about, yeah, creating the, a habit, a new habit mm-hmm. and learning how to rethink. Exactly. We've been taught and given this food for so long that that's what we're used to. We don't know. Many people don't know, you know, what's healthy and what's not healthy and what's considered healthy. That's the thing. There can be so much information out. So it's like, wait, where do I start, right? And it's just like, if you just take it day by day and like, and just small things, like if you drink soda, okay, let's start with that. And how many do you drink, right? Because you wanted a lifestyle. You want, you don't want these like peaks and valleys. You do really well. And then you go, um, you know, off of it. You want to make those lifestyle changes so that you can be healthy and enjoy life. Because, no one likes feeling sick after food, right? If you really think about it, or if you like, you get a headache after eating certain things, like you can feel it if you really want to listen to your body. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's just small steps, you know, a little bit here and there. Don't try to go cold turkey on everything because you're going to set yourself up for failure. I mean, pretty much will. Um, just start cutting back a little bit here and there. And then eventually you'll get in that habit of when you're shopping for food, looking for those healthier options. You know, you're no longer going straight for the sweet stuff or the fried foods. You've now created these little habits over time where your choices are better. Yeah. If you just want to do a quick Google search on canola oil, vegetable oil, it will really help you make your decisions <laughs> quicker. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's, and like, and then, you know, we can keep going on these topics for so long, but just the education piece, I think it's so, so crucial because then it helps you make those decisions. So it's not like, oh, I'm just not eating this because I shouldn't, right? But it's like, what is it doing it to my body? What is it doing to my brain? Oh, does it make me more anxious? Like really thinking through it. So then it helps you understand the why, right? I'm very much a why person. And I think that helps people learn, um, understand, and then make changes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So exercise, movement, um, you know, I think you can't, you know, I'm staring out the window and looking at green grass and like nature right now. And it's like, my body craves that, right? And it's just movement. Our body should crave that as well. And so, um, you know, what do you, you know, what are your thoughts um, on movement and exercise, you know, in someone's um, weekly schedule? Yeah, I don't think 
well, I know we're not, I don't, I shouldn't say, I don't think we're not meant to be um, sedentary. We're not meant to sit still. Um, We're humans. We are an animal. We are meant to move. Um, And so I think everyone should engage in some type of movement daily, weekly. And that can be different for everybody. That's not saying go outside and ride a bicycle or go for a run, you know, find what works best for you, but you should move your body every day. It is not ideal to be sitting still for long hours all day, every day, um, because that's just not how we're built. Um, And exercise is important and not just how we feel, but it's going to, you know, increase a lot of those good hormones to help alleviate a lot of anxiety and depression, some good feel-good hormones. It's also going to help in the um, detoxification of some excess hormones that you don't want to hang on to. So we want to sweat and get that out. Um, It's going to kind of keep everything aligned, both physically and mentally. Right. There's so many studies that show exercise has so much more of an impact on depression than an antidepressant. Um, and so it's super important. And, you know, talking about building muscle, building bone, um, those daily habits um, for exercise. Christian, what about you? Yeah. If you want to build testosterone, exercise. That's, you know, that's just the natural way to boost your testosterone, right? And I, like Candy said, every everything's for a little different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people, if you don't exercise, guess what? I'm not telling you to go out there and do weights. Go on a walk. If that means mm-hmm. one block a day, you know, one a, for a week, that's fine. I don't care mm-hmm. as long as you do it, right? And with time, you build on that. Um, but I think sometimes we fall into these things and we have an idea what exercise should be. And we try mm-hmm. to do those things and it doesn't go well because you go from not doing anything to all of a sudden going to a gym and pushing and trying to keep up with the person next to you. And then you feel awful because, hey, you just did all this stuff that your body was not ready to do. And then you don't want to go back and do it. Um, so I always tell people, Mike, wherever you're at, would one more step. Just one more step. Mm-hmm. Take that extra step. I love walking. I think everyone should walk every day. If you can walk outside, even better, um, just because we get that natural vitamin D. And just being outside, um, you know, in nature helps your body heal. Um, if you can go outside and walk on the grass barefoot, it's even better. Mm-hmm. You get you know, some grounding and just being out of nature is amazing what it does to our body because that's where we're meant to be, right? Uh, We're not meant to be inside a house surrounded by four walls and no windows all day. That's not how we're meant to be. So um, however, whatever exercise looks for at you, like as long as you're doing it, whether that's going to a gym Mm -hmm. or doing it at home, doing YouTube videos, doing your own thing, um, just do a little, the wonderful thing about uh, the internet is that there is so much information out there Mm -hmm. and you can find all kinds of exercises. If you're even like, if you're in the office, you know, I, every day I try to stand up at some point throughout the day and move around and do some stretches. If I can, I'll go on a small walk outside um, in the middle of the day because it helps clear your brain and you come back recharged and you can focus again. Mm -hmm. Um, So anytime that I feel a little overwhelmed, I'm like, okay, I need to go outside for a second and just walk real quick and come back and you feel better 
just from a small walk. Yeah, you really do. Um, you know, there's so, so much with exercise and nutrition. You know, they it really impacts your mental, your physical, how you feel, what you're going to do. Um, and I love that, you know, you start with a walk, right? Well, and I, I talk about this all the time. People forget about how great walking is. Walking is one of my favorite hobbies. I love walking, um, but it's so good for your body. You are usually outside. Um, and then you start there, right? And then do some squats. You could do squats at home, right? It's just make it how it will work into your schedule. Um, but you need to put it in your schedule, right? Because it is so important for your mental health, your heart, your lungs, your bones, your muscle, your serotonin. Yes. Exactly. That's the good hormone. <laughs> right? We want that serotonin. Um, yes. So, you know, we've talked a lot between hormones and um, thyroid, birth control, nutrition, exercise. But, you know, really, you know, for each of you, um, the question is just how do, you know, women's health and how we tie all this together, um, just kind of, you know, your thoughts on the importance of how they all work together um, and, you know, what we can do um, in our daily lives to help help these things. So for me, um, obviously, so hormones, I don't know. They've, I know it sounds silly because obviously we all make hormones, but I really didn't make much. Um, mm-hmm. My personal history, I don't make much hormones. And for years and years, I felt awful. Um, something was off and I knew it wasn't depression, but that's what they give you, right? Antidepressants, mm-hmm. birth control is going to fix everything. And it didn't. It just made me feel worse. It made me feel flat. And now doing this, I'm like, wow, I feel better now, close to 40 than I did when I was in my mm-hmm. 20s. My 20s were awful, honestly. It was not an experience I would recommend. <laughs> um, and you know, it helped me just put life into perspective. Um, everything from the little things of like, what do I do when I first wake up? That tiny little glass of water that I drink as soon as I wake up. Mm-hmm. And that moment I enjoy every morning with my cats and my dog outside and just taking in the sun really sets up the rest of my day, um, especially during the week, having that schedule, um, having that um, schedule for myself to like do something physical every day, whether that's walking, working out, whatever it is, um, doing dietary changes that I needed. Because like you said earlier, um, just because we say, yeah, broccoli is healthy for you. It helps with uh, aromatase and decreasing. It doesn't matter if my stomach doesn't like it, my body doesn't like it. It's not good for me, right? Mm -hmm. So finding listening to my body and just doing what feels good to my body because that's very different for everyone. Um, and just saying it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're not all the same. And just because I don't fit into that little square that a lot of people fit into, well, that's okay. I fit into this other little triangle over here and that uh, being okay with that and doing little changes. And then you feel great, right? It's exactly. Just, yeah. You being accountable for your health, your, what you need. Um, and it's worth it in the end, right? Exactly. Nothing good is without work. Mm-hmm. And that's really with your health as well. Exactly. Yeah. You have to put the work in. Um, there's no magic pill. There's no magic to anything for our health. I mean, you have to put the work in and, um, 
I think for me, creating those routines, um, those habits, um, getting more in touch with myself, knowing what feels best for me, it's super important. Um, and I also feel like for a female, we need to have our hormones checked at least once a year. And that, I mean, that just doesn't get done. Um, I feel like our hormones get pushed to the side and they play a huge role in female health and we feel it and we know when something's wrong. And I feel like that should be the start of a conversation. Okay, what do my hormones look like? Mm-hmm. Because they are so important for our health. Um, and just learning to educate ourselves, um, continuing to read and listen to podcasts like this one mm-hmm. um, and being your own advocate. Um, I've learned over time being a nurse to a nurse practitioner that the healthcare world and even the world around us is constantly evolving and changing every day. And we have to stay on top of that and continue to educate ourselves. So just keeping up with what's going on and what I can do to better myself and be my best advocate for myself and just finding alternative ways. Mainstream medicine um, is not the one all be all. Like there's other ways to help us heal and grow and finding those ways is really important because most of them are, are more natural and healing. Um, so that's, you know, kind of how my journey is just taking it one day at a time and finding what works best for me. I think that's the biggest thing that you both hit on. Like you are your own advocates, you day by day, right? You're not just going to wake up one day and be like, everything's great, right? It's just that like finding the joy in the process and figuring it out each day um, and building on that, right? Exactly. And what would you say um, are like two um, wellness items that are in your toolkit that are non-negotiables? Self-care, making sure I take time for myself, having me time, Mm -hmm. Um, whether that be, I live in Wilmington, so I'm by the coast. So going to the beach is a non-negotiable Um going out there, grounding myself and just getting back in touch with myself and nature. Mm-hmm. You'll be surprised how healing nature can be just sitting out there and just soaking up the sunshine and the air and everything around you. That is just non-negotiable at all. The negative ions in nature are super powerful. It's incredible. Just five minutes, you just feel so much calmer. Exactly. What about you, Christian? For me, it's walking. Um, I do have a little dog that I have to walk every day. Yeah. But that just makes such a big difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that early morning walk. And I love the moon. I love the sun, but I love sunrises and sunsets mm-hmm. and the moon, like all of those things. Just I feel so energized when I'm like, just get to see it. Um, so my walks throughout the day, um, I just, I have to. It feels so good. I love it. I like every night I try to see the sunset. Depending, it doesn't matter time of year where I'm at, um, because it's right. It's just gonna it's gonna happen every day, no matter if it's a good day, bad day, um, and it really just shows like the power of nature, right? And we're part of it, which is pretty incredible. Well, thank you both so much for being on the podcast. We could talk about health, women's health for, you know, much longer. I have many other questions I wanted to ask, so we'll have to get back on here. But thank you uh, for being on today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. This has been a production of Optimal Bio. Optimal Bio is CEO Tyler Brannon, podcast host and partner Jim Baker, medical director Greg Brannon, 
Production assistance by Core Media. Beth Grabencourt, Administrator. Kevin Duthu, Executive Producer. The podcast can be found on our website, OptimalBio.com, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Our theme song is Sunwave by Paradiso, provided by Epidemic Sound.